Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. Cultivating a hobby is always a learning process. Whether you're brand new to a hobby or you're a multi-year veteran, there's always something to learn. As style trends come and go, we figure out more about our likes and dislikes. In today's episode, we're talking with fashion blogger Cora Maria on how to take the lessons we've learned in J Fashion and using that knowledge to better curate our wardrobes. But before we get into that, we are going to be doing some updates about ourselves, about the podcast. First and foremost, we have a survey that is up. Yep. It is super exciting. We've been doing this for almost three years. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was like two. Nope. It's three. three. Wow. Wow. I know. It's wild. Yeah. And with that, we've gone through a lot of changes. So we are looking for your guys' feedback to tell us what you like, what you dislike, what you want to see come back, what you don't want us to do ever again. Or what new things you want us to do and talk about and explore or something like that. It's it's been really awesome interviewing all of the people that we have interviewed. Like, I've learned so much and so much about, like, different perspectives. And I want to make sure we continue that. And make sure that we are giving you content that you enjoy and that you're not like skipping through like giant chunks we want to make sure (laughs) right right because i remember we used to talk about specific events in the beginning go really into depth about new releases right right who knows like maybe you guys still really like that and then we took it away and you're like no we still want that or you're like great that was awesome change we hated it (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so please go onto our facebook we have the post up there. We're probably going to repost it like two or three more times just to make sure that yeah. everyone can see it. Take our survey. It's only two questions, just asking what you liked or disliked from the past, what you like or dislike now, and what else you want to see or any other feedback that you have. So one of my fashion life persona niches is um, being a part of uh, Blackout Garusa. So that's kind of like a space where I can explore Garu fashion and everything like that and kind of mix in my style as well. Um, Well, my personal style of colors, I don't know. (laughs) So uh, recently we had a Kogal themed meet. There was two parts of this meet. I couldn't attend the first part, but the first part was going to round one and going and, and bowling and then Podicura and and then the second part was a sleepover. And since I wasn't able to go, like everybody brought their school outfits again. I got to wear my school outfit and got to take pictures with everybody again. So I was just like, yay! Like <laughs> they were so freaking cute. I was floored by all of the outfits. It was so wonderful. I love and adore Ko Gyaru. I personally don't have the wardrobe to mm-hmm. get into Gyaru, but if someone was like, I'm going to do this to you, I'd be like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask, what uh-huh. was your inspiration for your Ko Gyaru look, and how did you go about coming up with that 
style. Well, I was really intimidated by the theme of the meet because I'm just like, oh, I don't like have any like school uniform, schoolgirl, anything. So I'm just like, oh, I don't know what the first thing I should be really like trying to get together. So the first thing I went about is just like asking everyone in the group, what do you consider the essential elements of this outfit? Sometimes you have like a cardigan or a sweater vest thrown over a white button up and then you have the ribbon tie or a regular tie. You have like the pleated or plaid skirt. You got to get the really bunched up socks and some like loafer shoes. Usually you're trying to do some shoes that are seem sort of relaxed or something, if not the loafers. So that's why there were some people who did Crocs. I saw yeah. those. They were so good. Yeah. Oh my God, the platform Crocs. Yes. They were wonderful. So I was thinking like, okay, so now that I have like these basic elements, I had the task of like, how can I make it an outfit that will suit my need for like colors, but not just pink or something? So first thing I just decided to go for was the skirt. I was just like, I'm going to look for that. And I, most of the items I found on Depop. I was looking for like plaid skirts, like colorful plaid skirts, like just like seeing what would jump out at me. And I saw these skirts that were mostly blue and then it had other colors in the lines of the plaid. That was from American Apparel or something like that. The lowest costing version of it because three people had it. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll get the one that's $12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other ones were like 50 or 60 dollars. What? Like, what? I was like, oh, okay. But no, thank the, you. The one that was 12, though, was like an extra small. And I'm just like, oof. Um, maybe. Yeah, I'm like, maybe. Like, hopefully, like, I'm just going to have to squeeze it in. I basically wanted to make the whole outfit around trying to put that together. I was already planning on getting blue and purple braids. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. My hair can be an accessory that matches <laughs> <laughs> that matches the skirt. I got the white button up from Old Navy. Raina actually from the Gatursa, like helped me pick a better cardigan than, than what I was going to pick because I was going to do just like, oh, just like a pink cardigan she was like oh this one it had like also plaid colors in it so it was ma- mostly pink but it kind of reminded people of clueless so it was an interesting cardigan it had a little kind of supposed to reflect like the chanel patch but it's not mm. really chanel um <laughs> oh man i wish yeah yeah well not like chanel the brand but chanel the like that kind of little puffy material oh, that's chenille, chenille gotcha, that's on gotcha, um, gotcha. varsity jackets mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, and then I was just like, got the bunchy socks from Depop too. So they, had, someone was selling some pink ones. Pinky was in Japan recently, and I was just like, oh, can you get me some bunchy socks? Because she was gonna go get some, but there weren't any pink ones. And then I found one on some on Depop, and I was like, all right, cool. We love a thrifty secondhand gal. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And then borrowed one of Simon's, like, old ties. and um, It worked really well. Yeah, I was just like, oh, thank you, Simon. And he, like, had to tie it for me and everything. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I, I'm really proud of the outfit that I made because it felt like me still because it didn't feel like a, like a costume. Like, this doesn't feel like my outfit, but I'm wearing it for this event. So I definitely still wear the cardigan outside of the event. Like, I wear it to work. I'm excited about wearing the plaid skirt to other things. Simon got an outfit, too, but we're we're just going to go on a school-themed date to, like, the museum. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm imagining Simon with a randoseru bag, like, over his shoulder. Uh-huh. Like, the, 
like the Bishonen boys do yeah, in yeah. the mangas. It's just it's the wind blowing and the leaves blowing in the wind. And he's like, hey. <laughs> oh my to work God. on the school project. I'm so excited to see that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was really fun. The sleepover was really fun. Yeah, definitely felt like high school again because, like, <laughs> haven't had, like, a sleepover or anything like that since then. I'm so glad you got that experience. Gal is like, I feel is very nebulous, but I'm and I'm glad you're finding your little niche in how to make it flow with your own personal style. Right. That's awesome. So I recently went to New York City for my sister's wedding. And this year has already been super stressful, but very fun. But I decided in order to treat myself, I was going to give myself a little shopping spree. And working at Buffalo Exchange, I get some little perks as an employee. So I had a $65 gift card and I was like, I'm buying all the stuff with my gift card, with my discount, and I'm not going to spend a dime. And I found so many awesome, awesome, awesome pieces. Most of it goth related. I found this really cool sweater. The torso was black and it had a skull on it that was in black and white stripes. And then the sleeves were black and white stripes. Then I picked out a simple form-fitting black button-up shirt, you know, a nice basic, because I have, like, three button-up shirts, but they're all different, and they're all for different occasions. I needed another one. (laughs) Um, And then I found a black-and-white striped silk shirt. I was really surprised. I looked at the tag, and it was by H&M, and I was like, what? This is H&M? When did you make this? (laughs) Yeah, it was a 2015 release collaboration with Balmain, a brand I'm not familiar with. It's like Mm -hmm. a French Parisian brand. And it retailed for $70, 100% silk, and I got it for $15. Wow. It was amazing. Well, actually, less than $15 because of my discount, Yeah, which was wonderful. The best find that I flipped out about, it needs a little bit of tailoring, but I can do that very easily, was a striped Paul Stewart button-down that it looked like candy. There was pink, blue, purple, and yellow vertical stripes, and it was gorgeous. Paul Stewart is a New York-based brand. I'm guessing this shirt released either in the 90s or 2000s, 2010s, because I couldn't find it unless it was secondhand. And the tag in that shirt is not the tag that Paul Stewart uses now. So it's outdated, which makes the price go down a little bit. But still, Paul Stewart shirts brand new are like $250. I got it for less than 20. Wow. And I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous candy striped shirt. And I'm flipping out and I can't wait to style it. I got all of it for like under $50. And technically it was all free because it was all on a gift card. Yes. And it was so exciting just goes to show, you know, you don't have to go somewhere that is like a J fashion store to find J fashion finds yeah. because anything can be J fashion if you like work hard enough. 
Right. That's what happens when you get those basics of your fashion or your style down, and then you can start applying different things, creating your own unique style out of it. I mean, that's what people are doing in Japan, and, you know, why not let us do it here? Spank grew off of that aesthetic from the 80s, and so they're taking pieces that are from the 80s that were never supposed to be, quote, J-fashion, and they're making it J-fashion. Like, it's so cool. I love it. Go thrifting, everyone. Just keep going. (laughs) Keep trying. It takes a little bit to find those magical items, but eventually you'll find them. And that ties in really well to what we're going to be talking about with our guest today, Cora Maria. Since Cora is super into sustainability and we've been thrifting all the time, I'm super (laughs) excited to get into this interview topic. But first, let's go to a quick commercial. Hey, y'all. It's Hayden. It's Kamala. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much, and now back to the show. Woo! And welcome back. Let's get into our interview with Cora. Cora Maria is a kawaii fashion blogger with a passion for sustainable fashion. She has a blog and YouTube channel where she mostly shares tips and resources on engaging with alternative fashion in more ethical and eco-friendly ways. Cora also founded the Alternative Fashion Lovers for Sustainability Facebook group, where the community has discussions and share resources about conscious fashion inspirations. To Cora, sustainable fashion is about how you consume rather than what you consume, which is why she prioritizes having smaller, well-curated wardrobe over a large one. We are going to be discussing curating a J-fashion wardrobe because I know... There's a lot of things that a lot of newbies in J fashion feel when going about creating a a wardrobe and even feelings that veterans can feel when bringing new items into their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a very, very tumultuous process with lots (laughs) of emotions. The first question that we have for you is how did you first get into J fashion? So I'm from Brisbane and I... Went to school, the latter half of primary school and all of high school in an area with like a very high Asian populace. Mm. And so as a result, there was some cultural osmosis going on there. I'd say my high school especially was known for being very weeby. They'd stock manga in the library for us and they'd they'd display this very manga style artwork in the art building because that's what the students like to do so that kind of rubbed off on me and started my weeb phase because like half the school were were weebs 
Oh um, boy, we all have one of those. Yeah. And my granny kind of like picked up on that. And she had always noticed that I guess I had a bit of an unusual way of dressing. And so she knew I was kind of becoming obsessed with Japanese pop culture in Japan and stuff. And so she did introduce me to Gwen Stefani's Harajuku Girls. And while it wasn't a song I really listened to a lot, for some reason, it kind of just stuck with me, and every once in a while, I'd end up Googling, like, Harajuku fashion or Harajuku girls, but I think the thing that actually really got me into it and made me think, okay, that's it, I want to do it, was Refinery29's documentary on um, decor fashion, and also Lolita fashion, but mostly the decor fashion one, and that inspired me to actually start wearing J fashion in grade 12. I wore a decora outfit to my first ever Harajuku fashion walk back in 2016. And at my school formal, I wore a full Lolita coordinate. Ooh, that's that's brave. You are brave. Yeah. That might have been Thank the same uh, video I watched. Was it the one with Haruka in it? Yes, she was. Oh, okay. Um, that's the same video that, that got I me. Should, I just... <laughs> I just realized I should probably clarify that, like, school formal is what Americans know as prom. So, yes, I basically wore Lolita to my prom. <laughs> you are extremely brave. I It was rare for me to ever wear anything remotely kawaii to school, let alone, like, full-on coordinates. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was a fairly weeby high school. It was also very multicultural, so you did see a lot of people representing their culture in their own mm. unique ways at this formal. And I remember when I saw my sibling off at their formal, I saw someone who was wearing a blazer made from this very traditional African fabric, and it was just such an amazing look. It was really cool. I think there were a few people at my formal who were kind of trying to, like, get me to take pictures with them so they could make fun of me or something, but I, I just kind of brushed them off and just stuck with my friends throughout the night, so it was fun. <laughs> High school is the pits. Mm. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so how um, did you get into sustainable fashion? In my first year of university in 2017, I had to do an assignment on one of six social entrepreneurship projects and since I was thinking about switching from my drama major to a fashion communications major, I chose to do my assignment on Edda Hama's Undress Runways. She features local brands from various cities around Australia who are trying to be as ethically and eco-conscious as they can. And so she'll present them on these runways to the public. I don't want I don't know if I can say the general public because it is a paid event and I haven't attended one myself, but I hope to attend the next Brisbane one. So that was sort of my first introduction. I had to like sort of research that thing for my assignment, but I remember I was looking through the brands that were being featured on Undress Runways on her website, and none of them really suited me or resonated with me. I think there was one that I kind of liked, but they didn't seem to be active anymore. Even when I did, like, a little bit of research, like, I did try and see if there was, like, a kawaii fashion niche in sustainable fashion, but I couldn't really find one at that time, and so I kind of grew resentful and thought, well, why do I have to be held responsible for 
the effect my clothes have, if there is in any way for me to. And you see, I didn't really learn about the mindset you need to have. I was just worried about like, oh, well, there are barely any sustainably available clothes for me. But it was actually a year later, I remember it was during my uni break, I was at a point where I just felt really down on myself. I felt like I wasn't doing much with my life. And Mm. it was a point where I was much more open to change. And I remember I was actually like, you know how you fall down rabbit holes on YouTube? Well, I actually fell down the rabbit hole of a certain kawaii YouTuber known for doing very big, very large fast fashion hauls. And I remember enjoying their content. But then somehow the next hole I fell down was like sustainable and ethical fashion and that was when I guess I learned that it isn't really just about the brands that you buy from it's about more of a mindset so because I was more open to change back then and I still didn't know what my options were I started to embrace it a little bit more and I had been dreaming about doing a blog for months and I decided I wanted my blog to be about kawaii sustainability And so because I know what it's like to feel like there aren't any options for you in sustainable Mm -hmm. fashion as someone who wears kawaii fashion, I made it my goal to, you know, make it more accessible and to help educate other people so that they have the support that I didn't have back then in 2017. And the interesting thing is, Edda Hama, who I did my assignment on, I actually met her when I was just starting to begin my sustainable and ethical fashion journey. She was at a judging panel for an event that my younger sister was participating in. So I actually got to talk to her and I was kind of freaking out a little bit because this was Edda frickin' Hama of Undressed Runways, who I now had a very different opinion of than I did a year ago. That's extremely Um, lucky. Yeah, and, and so it was really nice to talk to her. And then not a few months ago, I messaged her and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you've really inspired me and I've achieved all of this stuff since we met for the first time. And so we've started forming a professional relationship, a very strong one, I think. And we actually met up for a coffee on Wednesday as well. Oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So from kind of being a little bit salty towards Edda during my assignment to now actually having a proper connection with her was great. Um, I also just want to mention that like a few weeks after I had started educating myself on sustainable fashion, I went back to university where one of my subjects was actually fashion sustainability. And because I had already kind of faced and come to terms with a few of the hard truths about the fashion industry, it wasn't as confronting for me as it was for the other students but I still learned a lot of very interesting stuff and at least I was able to approach that unit with a more open mind than I did approaching the same subject a year prior. I think the YouTube rabbit hole you fell into was very lucky that the fast fashion versus sustainability fashion came in such short succession 
because you could have easily been inspired by, you know, fast fashion hauls and gone in a completely different direction. Yes, definitely. And I think that seeing that contrast kind of really helped because it made me question a lot of what I saw and I couldn't look at that old content the same way again. And I think it was also a point where I kind of was feeling not as much inspiration with my personal wardrobe at the time, but I took a few months to not shop for a while to sort of, you know, get to know my style better and get to know what I want better and to explore a few options. And I remember I actually ended that sort of like shopping clothing no buy or low buy, I'd say, because I think I got like one or two accessories during that time. Um, But I ended it by buying my first ever sustainable brand piece from uh, Christina's brand, Clean the Label. And I remember I was so excited to discover her brand because that was like the first kawaii sustainable brand I ever came across. So I'd say it was very important in my sustainable fashion journey and part of why I talk about her with everyone and why I had to get you to interview her. (laughs) Yeah, if y'all didn't know, Cora is the person who really pushed us to interview Christine Aline from Clean the Label on our show just because Cora loves her so very much. (laughs) I'm a Clean the Label super fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were talking about like how you got into sustainable fashion and then also the struggles you were having finding brands and finding a mindset to go along with it. Why did you want to talk with us today about creating a J Fashion wardrobe? Uh, I definitely think other people need this and well curated wardrobe is a more sustainable wardrobe because you know exactly what you have, what you like and what you're missing. Right now Mm -hmm. fashion is kind of all about having and buying the latest trends but we forget that trends really are just a suggestion. So trends aren't inherently bad. But there is an issue if you put trends or having like the new it item on a pedestal. But I think if you approach to building your wardrobe in a way that is looking outward at what is being sold, what is on the market, what everyone else is getting, you're going to overlook what you have and end up with a very disjointed mess, which is what I used to have as my wardrobe. But if you're focused on looking inward at the wardrobe you already have, you can ask yourself, what can I add onto this to enhance what is already there? It's almost like you're including your wardrobe in the decision-making process instead of ignoring it. And it's sure to thank you in return with many many cute outfits that's definitely a hard thing to do like when you're in the beginning of creating the wardrobe my husband for example he likes like alternative fashion but he's like inspired by a lot of different things that people wear but he doesn't know what he wants to wear so he's like oh this will be into like steampunk but i also found this other item that's really cool like i could do like a fairy k thing he would get things that would be all over the place but wouldn't create like a singular outfit i think it's like very useful if you think about it more strategically rather than like that looks cute that looks cute you might not be working towards reaching a certain style goal 
for me, I only started getting into this whole like wardrobe curation thing and trying to have a wardrobe that like really works for me and is really versatile like a few years into it because a few years ago my husband I mean not my husband my <laughs> wardrobe was in it's like a husband a similar state to your husband's I do not have a husband I am still a young young woman person <laughs> but I don't really know how to approach it from the most very beginner level, mm. I think that when you are a beginner, you are going to go through that experimental phase and it may take time to get to a point where you know exactly what you want and what kind of wardrobe you have. And sometimes that's like one of my struggles. It's like, how do you embrace sustainable fashion, but also embrace the experimentation of fashion and just that very experimental confusion using stage that everyone I think has to go through at some point right and there's also a collector's aspect to like some of the fashions at least just like oh I have this piece and one of my favorite brands is coming out with another piece I want to support them and building my collection with me I tend to think of my wardrobe as something that's more practical mm, and mm, I'll I only like to buy stuff that I know I'm going to wear at least semi often cuz some of my pieces I'm not always going to be the first to grab for like I wouldn't say my strawberry skies designs set is my go-to thing and I think that is something that I have yet to figure out how to reconcile that whole collector's aspect with creating a sustainable wardrobe because it is tricky and you can see why we need to have these conversations I can only really bring my own perspective I don't necessarily have all of the answers I only know the approach that I prefer and that I want to share with people but again the advice that I have to share the knowledge I have to share is ultimately a suggestion and you can just take bits and pieces of it and see what works for you So we were talking about the collector aspect of fashion. And last month, we spoke with our previous guest, Joelle, about the faux pas of wearing something more than once. How do you get around that materialistic fashion faux pas of wearing the same thing more than once and not trying to collect as much as you can? Have you, Cora, felt... That pressure. The pressure of like, oh, I already wore this thing or posted about this staple item once online or I already wore it out to work. Do you ever feel that pressure of like, oh, I've already worn this more than once. I can't wear it anymore. I definitely don't feel it as much as I used to. I think the only time when it really is a concern for me is when I'm going to J Fashion meets, but I think that's only because it's an opportunity for me to showcase something new and actually get good photos of it from the photographers who attend these meets. And it's a way for me to dress up in a more over-the-top style. I think ultimately people don't really care as much as we think they would care. You've seen my Instagram, I'm sure you've seen me wear my sprinkles on top dress over and over again in like every second photo 
or my um, like clean the label dress. I wear that one a lot as well. I have a lot of very recognizable items. I think that if you love an item so much or you love an outfit so much, I think that's just a sign that it's a good item or a good outfit. The idea that repeating outfits is a sign of a lack of creativity to me is kind of weird because I think if you've created something that you're proud of, it shouldn't like just last the day and then be dead. It's done <laughs> take it away no more i i think if you've created something that you love so much that you're willing to wear it over and over again or you found something that you love so much that you're willing to wear it over and over again that's a sign of a good wardrobe and i think it's fun to see people remix and rematch items all the time and also, I think there are J fashion icons out there who do like to repeat items. Like, we see Pixie Locks repeat items a lot. Junyan does it all the time. It, <laughs> honestly, if you actually look through his Instagram, it feels like he has the same 10 or 15 pieces that he just, like, remixes and wears different ways. Almost as if if you told me that Junyan had a capsule wardrobe, I would believe you because he dresses like he has one. That's true. Like even um, with Haruka too, I can recognize some things that she's worn again. Like, oh, she's wearing that shirt again. Or especially if I know who made it. Like, um, If it's your own shirt. Yeah, if it's my own shirt. I'm just like, oh, she's wearing the damaged shirt again. Yes. Um, (laughs) What would you consider the characteristics to be of a well curated wardrobe you know those moments where you look into your full wardrobe and you think you have nothing to wear (laughs) a good wardrobe shouldn't have those problems or at least shouldn't have those problems frequently I think it's impossible to get to a point where you have a wardrobe where like 100% of the time when you look in it, you feel like, oh yes, I definitely have something to wear. Like if you have a lot of laundry you need to do, you're going to have fewer options that'll make things more difficult. Mm. But I think that deciding what you want to wear should be a fun process and like opening your wardrobe, you should the looking at pieces you love that inspire you, that invigorate you, and it just makes things more fun than stressful. I also think that a well-curated wardrobe has some elements of a capsule wardrobe without necessarily being a capsule wardrobe. So a capsule wardrobe is a small collection of clothing that is like really easy to mix and match effortlessly and it's suitable for your day-to-day wear and activities. There are almost no bad combinations possible in a capsule wardrobe, but it is something designed for people who want to look good without putting in much thought or effort. But for people like us, a capsule wardrobe can be limiting because we like putting in that thought and effort. But I think taking the idea of clothing that can easily be made into several different outfits or maybe having a bag or pair of shoes that goes with everything is something really useful that we can apply to our own wardrobe. So, you know, it, it's not a capsule wardrobe, but it's like a very 
blurry, vague. <laughs> like, if you squint enough at it, it might look like a capsule wardrobe. <laughs> I definitely recommend looking into the ideas of a capsule wardrobe and sort of some of the ideas and inspiration surrounding that and then loosely applying that to your own wardrobe so you get the benefits but not the limitations of it. I feel that in a personal way like you're roasting me right now I'm feeling dragged and I'm feeling called out um, because and I and I don't think the biggest part of it is because my wardrobe isn't curated I think part of it for me also comes from like gender dysphoria and the mm. variety that I have in my wardrobe like I am either goth or sweet mm. there is like yeah no in between and yeah. I also have to deal with whenever I wake up in the morning how is my dysphoria feeling today how am I feeling how do I want to present today what am I willing to put up with from the general public <laughs> yeah like yeah. today was really difficult because I felt like in my heart like oh I want to be sweet but when I put on the outfit that I decided to wear, I was like, there's still something off about this. I don't know what it is until I put on a beanie and then it all came together. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I figured it out. This is it. <laughs> I got it. Part of me feels like I don't have that curation yet because of the other struggles. And I don't always have a fun time trying to come up with an outfit because it's a lot of trial and error of like putting one thing on. Then it's like this outfit's really great. And on any other day, I feel like I could wear this. But today is just not the day for it for like oh, my right. body and soul. I don't know if you have like uh, good descriptions of the phases, I guess, like because maybe you could be like Hayden only has two spoons today these are the sorts yeah. of outfits that are really good for two spoons exactly these are really outfits good for like five to six spoons so then if you if you're basing it off of when you wake up and just measure like okay I'm feeling two spoons all right I'm getting this or I don't know if you can anticipate it the night before uh, no, no, I've you can't. Tried You've tried it. It doesn't work. All right. Yeah. So maybe if you have a few different go to silhouettes for these things and then maybe when you shop, you can be like, oh, man, this shirt would be really good in the two spoons and the five and six spoons. Oh, so I don't experience gender dysphoria, but I do like to dress androgynously. So I did make sure that my wardrobe works for both the hyper feminine styles that I like right. and the more and androgynous styles that I like. I think it's also important to realize that gem with the general concept of the capsule wardrobe, it's just meant to be your sort of day-to-day -day clothing. And then if you're like a performer or you're working out and stuff, those kinds of clothes are separate from your day-to-day -day mm. clothing. And sort of the good thing about that is maybe if your capsule wardrobe is feeling a little bit bored, you can grab a piece of clothing that is specifically categorized as being for something other than your day-to-day -day clothing and you can just throw it into your capsule wardrobe to mix it up a little bit but I do think it is possible to create like a well curated flexible wardrobe that does work for what level of spoons you're feeling or what level of gender dysphoria you're meaning. Because sometimes I want to be like super casual. Sometimes I want to be more dressed up. Sometimes I want to look formal. Sometimes I want to look OTT. Sometimes I just want to be comfy but still cute. And there are ways to go about it, I think. 
it's something that is different for everyone. Everyone has their own difficulties that can make things tough. Going along with like our personal difficulties, I know I personally have problems with impulse buying. I see something and I go pink and I grab it and I can't resist. Specifically, I have this one loose mesh top that I just can't wear. It doesn't go with anything. I can't figure it out. The sleeves are too long, so I can't wear under anything. I don't have top surgery, so I can't just wear it without anything. Mm. I have nothing to go under it. What advice do you have for those who buy items that end up going unused? I think the first thing you should do is recognize your mistake. Forgive yourself for it and then learn from it, which is something that I remember Marie Kondo mentioned. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He brought up at some point. We have been raised in a society that has convinced us that this kind of stuff is normal and not that big a deal. So you really don't need to put all the blame on yourself. I think knowing what you want and what you like to dress in does take some trial and error. And even to this day, I still have recent purchases that I regret, but at least I know myself a little better. And now I have three pairs of sunglasses that I need to get rid of. (laughs) (laughs) Like, cause I lost a pair of sunglasses I really liked. And so now during the grieving process I've just been in such a rush to replace them because I had some kind of personal vendetta about just going on like eBay or Amazon and buying them and it's like no I've got to buy them from somewhere local and as a result I now have three pairs of sunglasses that I no longer want and the more sustainable thing would have just been to swallow my pride and go on eBay even though I don't trust eBay. I like the I like the forgiveness part that's we're in the booth and we're both like oh my heart (laughs) I totally thought of Marie Kondo but I didn't know that she said that I was just like oh that makes me think of Marie Kondo (laughs) so when you said that I was just like oh (laughs) She, she definitely says that when you choose to discard an item you should thank it for what it has taught or what it has done for you. Like, even if you never actually wore it, you can say thank you for teaching me that I do not like to wear loose mesh tops. When it comes to, like, the getting rid of part, though, I definitely recommend trying to sell or trade unwanted items before trying to donate them to a thrift store, just because if you donate to a thrift store, they're often overloaded with donations from everyone, and a lot of that stuff will end up going to landfill, or it will end up getting shipped off to other countries where they can actually be sold so cheaply that they completely displace the local garment industry. That is a bit of a discourse that I'm not the most familiar with, and there are arguments for or against it, but I think the fact that a lot of those clothes end up in either our landfills or landfills overseas, you know, it makes me not want to donate to thrift shops as my first option. Uh, You can try giving away the top to a good home. You can try looking up secondhand markets where you can sell a bunch of your old clothes. And you can even, like, share a booth with a friend to cut down on the cost of the booth. Suitcase rummages, I love those. I'm pretty sure they happen all over the world. 
and they're like a really cheap and easy way to sell some old clothing. If it's something reasonably wearable, I'd suggest donating it to a homeless shelter, but definitely ask them first. There are sort of some creative ways to get rid of your clothing that you don't want that maybe you don't know of. It can be very situational for you. It could be very local to you. I mean, this isn't super local, but I had some old clothes and fabric unfit to donate that I sent to Christina of Clean the Label, and she recently released a few dresses using the fabric I sent her. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I think if you're willing to look around, you'd be surprised by the creative ways you can get rid of things you no longer have a use for. I, I actually know this lady at um, Eat Street Markets where I can just take in my old jewelry that I don't want anymore and I can trade it for some of the stuff that she sells. And that's like, that's really cool. And that's like a really sustainable and easy way for me to get rid of my old jewelry. But that is like very local, very situational to me. So mm. I think it's about finding some unique options that work for you. My personal struggle is that I have so many styles I want to participate in. I have Decora, Fairy Kay, Pirate, and Sweet Lolita, and Garu in my closet at the moment. Each style has so many sub-styles, too, that I may want to explore in the future. How do you make a sensibly sized wardrobe when you like to hop around? So I also like wearing multiple styles like Decora, Party K, Fairy K, Kid Core. Maybe, maybe just tossing a little bit of lam in there. <laughs> I'd recommend curating pieces that can be styled to fit various fashion styles. You can also combine different styles into something totally unique. Like, Camilla, I believe I've seen you combine uh, Decora and Sweet Lolita before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you can, like, wear a pirate hat with Lolita. Or what if we made pirate Decora? <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, and I remember in a previous episode, I think you mentioned something about, like, Oh, what if you want to wear decor, but wear some Gyaru makeup? There's this thing I've kind of wanted to experiment with, which is the idea of the Venn capsule wardrobe, yeah. where if you map it out, it looks like two or more capsules overlapping each other because you have some pieces that work with multiple capsule wardrobes. Again, I don't think a capsule wardrobe is for everyone. I don't right. think it's the most suited to, like, J fashion, alternative fashion, but I think that general idea of applying it to your wardrobe is a good idea. I like to say that my style is sort of a sliding scale from androgynous rainbow to hyper-feminine pastel rainbow. <laughs> so yeah, I have some days where I'm more feminine and rainbow and some days where I'm more androgynous and pastel and it's a bit of an in-between place there so some of my outfits look absolutely wildly different from each other but I have for example my iridescent sparkly why are you platforms that go with basically everything that I'm sure you've seen me wear all the time they're my go-to pair of shoes and those are a pair of shoes that just happen to go with a lot of different styles and a lot of different colors it's very tricky, I know, especially because at least stuff like Party K, Fairy K, Kid Core, Decora, 
Like, it's easier to find crossovers between those mm. styles, but if on one end you're goth and on the other you're just <laughs> super pastel fairy K, but the other end's just, like, full-on goth, that <laughs> can, can be tricky. So you can also, I guess, sort of apply the idea of two different capsules, but again, just vaguely applying it. Vaguely. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think using the concept mm. of capsule wardrobes as a source of inspiration is good, even though just committing to a capsule wardrobe itself doesn't necessarily work for you. I think so, it could. Yeah. Well, in a way, because I can try to average out how often I wear each one of the styles. Mostly I wear like Decora Fairy K. That's like a big circle in my wardrobe I guess if I want to go into like the pirate persona thing I feel like that should be like if I make any more Lolita purchases it should really go towards that a little bit more than my interest in like sweet Lolita or something like that only because I don't go to so many events that are Mm. geared towards that even though I think the dresses are really pretty I just don't go to that many like Lolita events and now I'm kind of like really obsessed with being a pirate all the time so (laughs) your pirate looks are absolutely stunning though and I think it really is about choosing the stuff that is figuring out which styles are the more practical in your day-to-day like I am approaching it from the perspective of a kawaii lifestyler because that's what I am the rules could be a little bit different if it's just something you do for fun for special occasions then you might not necessarily need to worry about being super meticulous like you can just have a small collection of things you can go to Even though I don't wear Decora a lot, I do have a few pieces that... I have, like, this DIY vest that I rarely wear outside of Decora just because it's a bit too over-the-top for my everyday style. But I am holding on to it just because I love it so much and because it really helps upgrade a Decora look a lot. I also think that Decora is just one of those styles where it's, like, really easy to just re-wear pieces or an yeah, outfit. Like, and make separately. Them feel, yeah, make them feel totally different with, like, different accessories or, like, just a different arrangement or something like that. It's just a lot of fun. That That's why I love Decora. Like, you see my anti-haul, and I mentioned that just because Decora has the aesthetic of excess, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to own excess. You just need to have enough to achieve the aesthetic of excess. I I agree with all of that. I think what you've said has helped me think about this is what I want to try and go towards in the future. I haven't found my exact Garu style, but you Mm. talking about mixing things together, like what I said earlier about, I guess in some other episode, about doing the makeup of Garu and still dressing more or less kind of decora. That's like another idea that I'm trying to like figure out, like what's really going to be that style of me. And then I can just sell or get rid of everything else that didn't end up fitting the best. It's more like three styles and I can have a lower amount of outfits for two styles on the rim and then have a bigger share of the the fairy K decora. 
And for me, I am the person where it's like all yeah. pastels and then all goth. There, it's difficult for me to like go in between because I personally am not a fan of pastel goth. But thinking about my wardrobe as I need to utilize the clothes as much as possible and as efficiently as possible, thinking of it as a capsule wardrobe definitely will help me pick items that are better suited for what I currently have in the future. Something that can actually be quite helpful to help reinstate your wardrobe is uh, sometimes I go on like you've seen me go on shopping bands before usually when it's like a particularly consumer heavy season I'm saving up for a $600 graduation dress from Strawberry Skies Designs or the first time I went on a bit of a low buy because I needed that time to sort of rediscover myself and my relationship with fashion it can be helpful to just sort of like stop and say no I'm not going to buy anything more because I want to focus on what I have and what I can do with what I already have and I highly recommend checking out their original Instagram name was buy nothing new 2019 but now they're loopy style I believe it's underscore l o o p i style So her style isn't really very kawaii or J-fashion, but it is very bright and colourful and fun. So she went on, like, this buy-nothing-new challenge where she didn't buy any uh, new clothing during the year 2019. And I think she's continuing with it this year, but she's not making, like, a big thing of it and I think a few people are doing the challenge with her as well and she has like amazing style and she comes out with like these very creative colorful and fun outfits and it's just so cool she's one of my favorite non-alternative fashion related icons even though some of her outfits are very alternative inspired she has a few battle jackets and battle vests that i believe she got from a local brand that's very punk inspired and i met her at the fashion revolution weekend but yeah she's amazing (laughs) and she was able to really explore her personal style by refusing to buy anything new and it shows she looks amazing (laughs) we're gonna finish off with our last question which is what are your main pieces of advice for those who want to curate a wardrobe from square one and our patron jade asks what staple pieces would you recommend for a new j fashion enthusiast So this was a little bit of a tricky one to think of answers for because I think it is really different depending on your preferred gender expression or your preferred sub-style within J fashion. But I did come up with a few pieces. So I think having a shoe or a, a pair of shoes or a bag that goes with everything, that goes with kind of the style you're starting out with and is maybe a little bit more basic but still fun and totally you, that's a really good place to start, especially if you try to invest in quality. That would be good. However, I can understand that a lot of people who are starting out, they might be in high school or they might be at an earlier stage of life where they don't have as much disposable income. But if you 
can invest in quality. If you have the privilege to invest in quality, I would recommend it. That way you have like two staple pieces that you don't necessarily have to worry about will match a new item that you get. In terms of actual clothing, this might not work for everyone depending on your preferred gender expression, but I think having a dress that you always look good in that you can just throw on and is comfortable and you know looks good on you is really important like it needs to be a one-piece dress something where it's an outfit in and of itself but is also something that you might still be able to wear stuff over and underneath accessorize it dress it up dress it down just something kind of like the little black dress of kawaii fashion however if you are someone who is not comfortable wearing dresses you could look into having some kind of jumpsuit or utility suit like there are a few kawaii ones out there like on big bird press or you can get some nice colored ones on lucy and yak as well i think again they can be kind of pricey though but if you have like a shirt or something that you always feel good in that you can just toss on that would also be really good And this is a staple that I do not see enough people talking about, but I swear by these. And they are button-ups because they're so versatile. I love my button-ups. Yeah, and I think they're mostly something that we tend to see in, I guess, androgynous J-fashion styles, but they can also work with more feminine stuff as well because you can wear stuff underneath them you can wear stuff over them you can have them open as a little bit of a layer you can like tie them up into a little crop top you can wear them so many different ways it's amazing i love them the possibilities are endless and you can find them in such cute prints and stuff like if you want something that's more affordable but still really cute you've got otaku apparel uh if you want something a little bit more sustainable you've got clean the label although their options are a bit more limited you can also thrift them really easily just find some cute button-ups and like experiment with them and wear them so many different ways i just they're perfect for layering too they're they're amazing nobody talks about them enough it is such an injustice (laughs) and I I just love them because like I said I have an androgynous side to my wardrobe and I also like being hyper feminine and I can make button ups work in both regard and they can just go with so many different styles as well like maybe if you can find the right button up you can also use it as a blouse in uh lolita fashion but you can also wear it in other styles if there's one takeaway from this episode y'all button ups blouses (laughs) just do that and you're you're okay (laughs) button ups just all the button ups but i'm at a point where i have too many button ups so i need to stop (laughs) oh it's a mood but i have one more thing which is for some more general advice picking a color scheme or two and sticking with it like i i kind of have two main color schemes technically three but two of them i kind of grouped together 
So I have pastel rainbow and then bright rainbow. Those are my two color schemes. And there Same. are a few colors that go with both of them. I do like wearing hot pink with my pastels and my bright rainbows. But that really helps because I think if you have a wardrobe where like you have a bunch of earthy neutral colors as well as pastels as well as bright colors and then I don't know also some jewel tones it can be very tricky to mix and match them together but if you try to stick to maybe one or two color schemes it gets a lot easier and if you still want to have the freedom to like break out and try another color that could be somewhere where you focus more on one pieces because then you're not necessarily having to worry about having like the right top or shirt or something that goes with something that's way outside your normal color scheme. That's something I'd recommend. I guess I want to add something in there. I'd recommend focusing on creating a certain outfit first. Like even if you want to like hop around and everything, choose like, okay, I'm going to put this outfit together. So then your search can be more focused. You put that first outfit together and then it's going to make it very easy to build off of. So if you do like a blouse and some frilly skirt and you get the shoes and you get the tights together, then when you want to make another outfit, all you have to do is add a new blouse blouse maybe you know and then wear the same skirt it's kind of like you only have to replace one thing rather than try to make something work that you don't have anything for yeah and tights are like such an easy yet underrated way to mix up an outfit and make it feel new and fresh I remember actually back when I was into Lolita fashion, there was a blog post on the F Year Lolita blog. I don't know if either of you have ever come across it. Yes, I remember it. Yeah, and there there was like this post that was about building up a wardrobe and the examples they gave and the method they were bringing across was actually basically like a capsule wardrobe for Lolita. And I don't think they even knew what capsule wardrobes were. It was just a method they came up with. But I think it would be interesting to like maybe dig that up and share it on your Facebook page because I think it would be quite useful to any new Lolitas who are listening, who are interested in starting their own wardrobe. Rip Tumblr. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't think it was on Tumblr, though. I think it was just Blogspot. It was either Blogspot or Tumblr. I can't recall. I know for sure they had a Tumblr page. They may have had both. I'll see if I can send you the link. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, with that, Cora, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate all the really good advice coming from a sustainable, ethical mindset and not just coming from, like, pure materialism, get everything that you can, collector type of mindset. Thanks for having me on the show. (laughs) Yeah, of course. It was a great time. (laughs) So if you guys are interested in hearing another conversation that we're going to have with Cora, please head on over to our Patreon page. We are going to be discussing cable finds from fast fashion retailers and our emotions and thoughts on that. And Mm. with that, this has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And my name's Cora. Nice. Nice. (laughs) We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.